here and ain't no wannabes here With some not so nice advice for your writing career To be clear, no punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me And her co-host, Matt Evan Wallace On the right, yes, she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight So settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Ditch Diggers! Coming to you live from our respective separate bedrooms in the Ditch Diggers Manor because you know what? Sometimes we just need a place to sleep. It is the Ditch Diggers, Mer Lafferty and Matt Wallace. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mer. How many teddy bears do you have around you? They're all unicorns. Mm-hmm. I like my stuffed animals to have a good natural defense mechanism. I used uh, to do stuffed porcupines, but that gets uncomfortable. Sure. Are they... Like for a pillow, you know? Are they bears with horns, or are they the horse unicorns? Uh, they're all, you know, it's all kinds, Mer. Okay. A unicorn doesn't have to be a horse. A unicorn can be whatever it wants. Pancorn. Unipan. But I believe uni- literally unicorn just means the one horn, right? Yeah. Like that's the whole. So really has nothing to do with horses when you break it down. True, but it's just like the word podcast has started to mean just audio shit on the web. Unicorn means horse just because it does. You know, does. I'm not going to get into the whole popular usage argument. I'm just not going to do it. Especially it, from Ben. I'm trying it, to relax and rejuvenate here. Is it an argument? I'm just saying th- I, I don't like the fact that the popular usage has tainted both podcast and unicorn. So what should we call? No, see, the thing was with podcast, that is a term that did mean a very specific thing when it started, though. Mm-hmm. See, now we're now I'm getting into it. I said I didn't want to get into it. We're getting it, into it. Okay, Where fine. Unicorn on T- its face does not mean the thing that we originally ascribed it to. So I don't feel like they're similar. Because podcast is a specific term denoting a specific thing. Unicorn is just this thing has one horn. It could be anything with a one horn. All right. We're cool. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. It's a new segment that we're doing here on Disney. <laughs> called so, uh, fleece or feather uh, blanket? Uh, flannel. Ah, yeah. Because all that cold in sunny California in August. I like to feel like I'm being hugged by just a really big lumberjack. (laughs) So don't judge me. I'm not. I'm just picturing, you know, like sometimes you can get body pillows with like hot anime guys on it. Or I guess hot anime girls. Anime, excuse me. And I'm just thinking of like your blanket being tartan but also the image of a hugging lumberjack i mean dude i think we just came up with a million dollar idea. <laughs> lumberjack body pillows if that doesn't exist i don't know why we're not starting that business right now i'm being 100 serious i'm not being ironic at all i'm literally searching lumberjack body pillow like uh think geek with the uh tauntaun sleeping bag it started as an april fool's joke and then they actually had to sell it because it was such a fucking awesome idea. Yeah. No, see, they have they have lumberjack plaid pillows, mm-hmm. but they don't have 
body pillows that are shaped like lumberjacks. Fuck this writing thing and this podcast thing. Let's let's start the fucking lumberjack body pillow company. Okay. Lumberjack body pillow company. I will talk to the child and see if she has time to make uh, art for that. See, I mean, right there, we're off to the races. Yep. I'm now, I, now I just want to see the child draw. Can we say call her by name now? Or we still not do that. No, we call her by name. Yeah, Fiona. I, want to tell you, I, want to, I just want to see Fiona draw a lumberjack. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, that's so weird because it was a time when you didn't refer to the child by name because he was a very young child and you had a nickname for her. Yeah. Know, she's like her own person with her own identity. Not that she didn't always have her own identity, but you know what I mean. She's got an online presence now. Yeah, it's, and, but it's on her terms, not mine. Yeah, she's got her own brand. She doesn't need our bullshit anymore. That's right. No kidding. Anyway, so, <laughs> but enough about semantic arguments uh, that aren't really arguments and, and stuffed uh, animals, body pillows, and body pillows uh, that, that you have sex with. That's the part no, that people no, have to say about that. No. You talk about body pillows, no. nobody ever brings up the fact everybody's having sex with. Them. No. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, I don't remember what we are here to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, certainly none of those things. Matt, you no, finished doing, You finished a book this week. I did. I finished a new draft of a book this week. Don't downplay it, dude. You finished a fucking book this week. I am not downplaying it. It's not self-different. I'm going for clarity. I was okay. originally a student of journalism, and now more than ever, I believe in clarity. So I'm just... It was an equally hard task, but it wasn't a book that was not previously finished, and I finished it. It was a new draft of a book that I had previously finished in another form. So, but yeah, it was a uh, it was rough, man. I had I had copy edits on one book due on a Friday, and then I had a new draft of an entirely other book due the following Monday. These um, are the, these are the problems know, that a lot of our listeners wish they had. I know, and I and I understand that, but and you know there are problems that more successful authors than me have that I wish I had. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that for them, it's not all peaches and cream and Cheerios and happy letters. I don't know what any of that means, but I said it. Too many peaches. Um, a lot of peaches, millions uh, of yeah. peaches. Yeah, I don't know. Peaches for free, millions of peaches. Peaches for me. <laughs> President of the United States. You remember that, Dan? Yes. Yes. Everyone should. They would have been better presidents than, yeah. Anyway, I don't so. I'm not saying much, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I had I had those deadlines, and it was very rough, and uh, it's very hard writing creatively every day for a living, which I know is a problem many people wish they had as well. But it's hard when you actually have to do it every day. Yeah. Especially in the day that we're in. Yeah. So there's that, but I did it, Mar. I got through it. That's, you did. That's, really the, that's the hopeful, optimistic bullet point for this whole thing. Yes. Turned in the copy edits. Turned in the new draft of the book. Moved on to the ten million other things I have in the queue. Cracked open a bottle of Kraken. I hope. Did not open a bottle of Kraken. I haven't Kraken in a while, honestly. I should get some Kraken. Yes, you should. You, you you deserve a little bit of celebration. You do. It's a new segment we're doing called "Get Some Kraken." That's going to be my bid for the whole episode. All right. Segment. So we're just, just get ready for it. We're splitting the podcast into many little segments. Yes. It's, we're restructuring everything. What's um, our get get some cracking segment going to be about? Drinking rum? Well, you got, you finished, you finished, you hit deadlines. So uh-huh. Get some 
So okay. every episode, we'll think of a new thing and that we did, and then we can relate it to the audience, and then it'll all be able to get some cracking right. umbrella. I'm just a branding and marketing machine today. You are. You're on fire, man. Gold. I'm just yeah. spinning gold. I yeah. have rumples stiltskin up. <laughs> I I have I am getting seeing the end of my book. It's a little fuzzy, but I'm seeing it, and uh, cool. I I'm kind of seeing a bottle of kraken as well. So the ending is coming into focus for you. Get some kraken. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's good though. That is uh that is one of those indefinable sort of turning points when the ending that was funny fuzzy, not funny. It could be funny too, if you write in a funny ending, I'm not saying. Uh but the ending that was fuzzy starts to become clear. It's not totally clear yet. That's a separate turning point. Mm-hmm. But the first turning point is it starts to become a little clear. Yeah. There's so many of these intangible mile markers that you have when you're writing a book. But Mary, this isn't a show about craft, and I will not let it devolve into that. You know, no. I heart for that. I know, I know. I'm not to talk about craft. No. Or lumberjack body pillows that you have sex with. You you want to talk more about the lumberjack body pillars? I p- pillows then. Good idea. Like every day, I'm sitting there, like I come up with ideas like that, and I think, why am I not pursuing the answer to these ideas? Why am I writing? You this should just get on Kickstarter, man. Lumberjack and 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 it should just be the only pitch should just be a, a video of you going lumberjack body pillow and just nodding and everyone will know <laughs> that's right that's all you need to sell this. Uh, that could become an internet internet sensation. I believe in that. Yeah. Uh, that could be the next uh, the guy who was going to make potato salad on Kickstarter. Yes. Yes. Anybody remember that guy? I do. Reference. I remember. I remember the potato salad guy. So you're starting to see the end of the book. Uh, what else? You got other things going on, Mark? Um, just the usual. Uh, you know, podcasting, escape pod. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with Twitch lately. There uh, you go. Last That's night, I, I last night I got into. Uh, I, I played Howful Boyfriend, which is the super weird uh, Japanese dating sim where you date birds and um got i I was surprised i got through two endings yesterday so i am getting closer to the point where the game actually gets really weird dating the pigeons is not the weird part of the game (laughs) yeah yeah everything everything's relative if that was all it was what would even be the point exactly weird as it got yeah yeah but um and I'm streaming I should be writings uh having fun with that I uh talked to some of the people in the uh Patreon Discord and they were saying that uh you know I've paid to do Patreon only streams in Crowdcast but I'm having a lot of fun on Twitch and so I'm wondering like is the Patreon only Crowdcast useful to them and uh, of the people who've responded, not a lot have responded, but of the people who have, they're saying no. So wow. the they would rather like Twitch is more fun as well. Um, and the the little clubhouse just for Patreon people is not is not the pull for them. So I'm thinking uh, I did the Crowdcast uh, uh, 
test, but I'm not sure how, how much longer I'm going to do it. This And this is a business thing, damn it. So Yeah, no, uh, it is. I know. This is, I literally teed this up so you could talk about this stuff. Nice. Mostly to see you get chill your Twitch. I didn't know you were going to get in all this deep level stuff, but I'm happy that we're here. Cause yeah. This is important. This is Mer trying all the platforms so you don't have to, folks. And then so, she shares her knowledge with you. So if you are somebody who uh, appreciates the Crowdcast, let me know, because um, the Crowdcast over the Twitch. Let me know, because I haven't had a whole lot of feedback, and all the feedback has been keep it on Twitch. So uh, I'll be taking opinions for a little while longer, but I might just move it all the way over. But, um, yeah, the whole... Learning that people seem to want just to support you on uh, crowdfunding efforts is interesting because as an artist, I want to give back to my patrons, but a lot of people say, you know, just making what you make is enough and, and something I appreciate supporting, which as a patron to several people myself, I agree with. I'm just glad I can support people. But as a creator, I feel guilty. So that's that's kind of weird. I don't think it's it's I mean it's it's a weird thing to feel in a way, but it's not in any way unusual or uncommon. I mm -hmm. think that's a pretty common vibe among people who do what we do. I don't think you should feel guilty about it. But I don't know. You get you get into so many things with that. You know, you get in you get into how much extra work like you have to do if you yeah. want to be successful with this. You know how much you have to do your own marketing and your own branding and your own basically run your own company and work every department. And you know, you get into how that's really not supposed to be your job mm -hmm. uh, most of the time. But with that, you also get into, since you are doing it, and since you're reaching out directly to an audience, and since you're asking them to support you in that way, you do start to feel beholden to them and responsible uh, to them. And there is some some validity to that, but it's easy to take it too far, man. Like, nobody's buying a piece of you, you know? Nobody owns a piece of you. Yeah. They get the thing that you make, and then if you give them that thing... All the extra shit is extra, and you shouldn't you shouldn't really feel guilty about it. Yeah, what was funny is I, I realized I'd uh, dropped the ball with a couple of levels, and I spent, like, one entire afternoon contacting people, even people who had stopped supporting, because Patreon shows that, you know, you, you owed this guy this thing in, like, September. Right. And so... I contacted them and I said, thank you for your past support of my Patreon. Here is a thing that I never sent you. And a lot of people were startled. Uh, yeah. And then I sent, like, for the top upper tier levels, I sent books out. And one guy's like, oh, thank you so much for the book. Why'd you send it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, because you support at the highest level, dude. Uh, but uh, it's... It's all very sweet. I mean, everyone was thankful, and um, I, but many were surprised. And I'm like, I would have thought that that they would have at least remembered that I owed them something and went, oh yeah, about time. But no, so a lot of them were just like, what? I get this? Cool. So I don't know. I think you get you really get all types and all kinds with that. You get the people who are like super into 
the things and like this is what I signed up for and I want and you know you deserve the things that you you support definitely but you get people who are very focused on that and then you also get people who are just into supporting you you know just being involved and they're just happy about that and then with Patreon in particular I do you do get into people who are just like into supporting Patreon people you know it's just like a thing they get the same with Kickstarter too it's just like that's the thing they do they like to find cool things and support them and they don't necessarily keep track of all the details and bits and bobs and everything. It's just like the supporting on Patreon is the thing that they're into. Yeah. So I don't know, but and none of these are right or wrong or good or bad. It's just it's interesting. the The dichotomy of things is very interesting to me. But the point is, Murray, that you live you live up to your, your obligations and you take them seriously. And we're not we're not we are none of us perfect. Uh, I'm pretty close, but you know yeah. we are none perfect you know what i think i think people like the most is the discord and the fact that um there are they get the podcast a day early yeah because one person actually said i thought we got when i put it out for everybody she's like i thought we got the podcast a day early and i'm like whoa someone cares you're right i will get back on that so um that's why yeah. the the I think those two are the things people like the most. At least that's what people use the most. You know, it's it's exclusivity and access. I think are the two big things there. You know, and then also within that like community, because there are people who love community, and that's mm-hmm. the, the Discord. The Discord is all those things. It's like it's exclusive. It gives you access to us. I don't know why anybody would pay for that, but it's a thing to do. And then it also creates its own little community, which is a nice community. You know, you keep mm-hmm. it. There aren't uh, there aren't any dicks or any harassment or anything like that. Like it's a nice place. So, yeah, exclusivity, access, community. Those are all very valuable things that I can totally see people keen into and being, you know, the thing they enjoy the most. Yeah, maybe when I get, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of at a weird point in my career right now where I had a whole bunch of stuff come out and then I had nothing come out and then COVID hit and then the nothing that came out spread out a little bit more. So. I won't have arcs of books to send out for probably another year. Right. But when I do, I'll be curious to see how many people want those arcs. So oh, I, feel, I think you'll be surprised. But yeah, that's it's a valid, it's a fair point and a valid question to ask and wonder yeah. about. <clears throat> you'll always be relevant, Mark, because you're talented. You're very good at what you do. So. Thank you. And you keep evolving. You keep evolving into a final form that you'll never attain, and that should be all of our goals. I feel attaining I mean, an unattainable final Pokemon no, like, form. Continuing to continuing to evolve towards the idea of a final form, but never quite reaching it. Because if we reach that final form, you will stop evolving. Yeah, you know it's funny. I keep thinking about Stephen King in that aspect because if I pick up an old Stephen King, even with the problematic stuff that he put in his stories, he draws me in and doesn't let me go. Like, I was cleaning my bedroom the other day and I found the old, old Bachman Books collection and I sat down and I read The Long Walk all the way through. Oh, uh, yeah. Because... I love that, I love that collection. I you have want, that. You uh, want to learn about pacing, man. Read The Long Walk because it's about boys on the road walking. And he keeps you interested the whole time. No, he really does. But it's yeah. like, I pick up a current Stephen King, 
And it doesn't do that for me. And I'm not saying he's gotten worse. I'm saying my tastes have evolved and his writing style have evolved and they don't, you know, click anymore. And I'm kind of sad because I would really love to keep reading Stephen King like he just, you know, grabbed me when I was a teenager and just, you know, made me read really long books in a really short period of time. And now it doesn't do that for me anymore. Yeah. And I mean, that's like you said, it's just that's a product of where you're at and where he's at. Yeah. And they're both very different places. I mean, I feel like a lot of you lose, you do lose some of the urgency, you know, as, as an author, when you get to where he's gotten to. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. That's just something that occurred to me while you were talking about that. Cause I'm thinking about those early, you know, like the running man, he wrote that in like something stupid, like 72 hours or what straight through. He yeah. said that, you know, like a few days. Yeah. And, you feel that when you read it, you feel the urgency of the pace and this kind of freneticism. And a lot of that, I think it comes also just from like hunger and just, you know, wanting, wanting to be this thing and do this thing to where, you know, you flash forward literally like 50 years later, or 40 years later or whatever it is. And you're rich as shit. You don't need to do anything you don't want to do. And you know, you're not, you're not anywhere close to living hand to mouth anymore. And, I just feel like it changed. There's no way for that not to change everything about your process and how your work feels more than anything. Not even talking about the style of the writing, just the feel of it, you know? Do you think this is why people think artists should always remain, like, hungry and without pay? No, I don't think people think about it that deeply or on that level, honestly. Okay. They're just, just being dicks. Yeah, no, okay. it's not even just being dicks. It's a, it's it's like it's the same reason so many of us think we should be. You're just, it's just hardwired into you. Mm-hmm. It's that you create this mythology of the starving, tortured, brilliant artist, and everybody swallows it, and then everybody can pay us nothing, and nobody cares. That's really what it comes down to, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. People who pay writers want to pay them nothing, and they don't want you to be able to turn to everybody who buys the stuff that writers write and go, "Hey, guys, they're paying me nothing." Can you be mad about that? Because then everybody goes, no, because you're supposed to be broke. Yeah. It's this whole, yeah, it's this whole system that's been created around that. So, no, I don't think anybody thinks of it on the level of, like, I don't want the author's urgency and uh, energy to change over time, so I need them to stay impoverished. And if it is, fuck them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) stuff, too. (laughs) You want me to starve just so that my, my writing feels a little more energetic to you? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. I, I, I feel that way when people say, well, if, you know, Van Gogh had gotten support for his mental illness, we wouldn't have the art we do today. And I'm like, so what? <laughs> You're really happy that a man just suffered in mental yeah. illness so you can look at a goddamn sunflower? You're not, you're not old Van Gogh. No. Right? Not, yeah, it's so, it's so dumb. Um, yeah, pervasive attitudes that definitely need to change. But, uh, and, you know, to, to just button that, like, Stephen King can write whatever the fuck he wants. I'm not even Oh, sure. I'm more just saying. We all change over, the t- over time. There's no there's no way to prevent it. Yes. As you, your situation, your life experience change, your writing is going to change, whether you're writing about the same shit or not. That's another thing, you, you know, like, I really do feel like when you see creators trying to tell the same stories they told 20 years ago. Yeah. Even if that's what people think they want them to do. That's why they just don't come out the same, or they often come out so shittily. It's just because you can't you can't go back to that, that place. You just can't. You yeah, know, I try. To... I, I tried to read Doctor Sleep, and it did not feel like The Shining at all. Not at all. No, no, it's totally, it's a completely completely different 
Uh, enjoyed the movie quite a bit, I will say. I know a lot of people did, but I dug it. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, you know, people ask me if, I, if I'm ever going to self-publish some stuff that I uh, had published back in 7 and then The Shambling Guides uh, in the early teens. And I know I can, and I know self-publishing makes it super easy. But I don't know if I can tell the story as well as I had anticipated telling it or the same way I had anticipated telling it back in 2007. I mean, yeah, dude, life, lifetimes have happened since 2007. Yeah. And, you know, I've gotten better. And possibly the, the fun-loving, weird superhero story will change for sure. Not possibly, for sure. Definitely. Through the new lens of my writing. Lens is viewing, not creating. Anyway. But, no, uh... And you know, also, like you say, as you say that, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the other thing is, like, cult, the culture has changed around that so much. Like, this is, now Now we're in, like, pre, not pre, we're in, like, post-MCU territory now. Yeah. With, like, superheroes in particular. So could you even tell the same story? You know, would it resonate any anything close to the same way? Would people's ideas of superhero stories be the same? Yeah. You know? Because, like, 2000, 2007 was a totally different world for telling superhero stories than it is right now. Yeah. So all these things matter, man. All of them, you know, it's like you grow the grapes for the wine and the grapes absorb everything that's in the land around them. And uh, I just really want to drink. That's what this is all about. <laughs> I was about to compliment you for being deep, man. Not, not. I'm just a functional alcoholic. All um, right. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so, so all of those things, Mer, but Mer. Yes, Matt. I'm going to segue now. All right, go for it. Happens, so you're ready for it. I'm ready. Mer, yes. we have feedback. Excellent. We have lots of feedback and questions and things that we said we'd catch up on because we get to chatting like we just did now, and then before you know, the whole hour's gone and we don't answer anybody's fucking questions. Yes. That's what we're supposed to be doing here, so we should take some time and we should, we should feed the mailbag. Sure, sure. We have one in the mailbag, and uh, you're in charge of Twitter. So where do you want to start? Uh, we can start with the Twitters. I've got All it right. open. All it's right. In- uh, so this isn't this isn't a question, but I thought I I thought I would read it because it's good feedback, and it's something you were talking about during my uh, the uh, the launch of my uh, debut of a fantasy novel, Savage Legion, which we did on Crowdcast. Mm-hmm. You were talking about um, gay rom coms. Yes. And you would ask for recommendations or requests for, for, like, other titles that people are enjoying. Oh, yes. So Suzanne hit us back on Twitter. And, and awesome. Some suggestions, and I thought I would read those suggestions. I have a pencil right here. Uh, also, I want to specify this. Suzanne says, uh, uh, if you are open to YA, here are some uh, male-male rom-coms I enjoyed. So these are specifically YA ones. Sure. So we got uh, Autoboyography. By Christina Lauren, which is a great title, and this may be one of the greatest titles I've ever read. I've never, that, I've never heard this before. But I'm sorry, what is that? Auto is in car A or auto is in name O? It's auto. It's like autobiography. Okay, but it's autobiography. Oh, I get Although it. Although if it was a guy named Auto and biography was his last name, that would also be amazing. But that's not what it is. See, I think I'm immune to puns sometimes. I just did not get that till I, yeah, yeah, really. So you were, you were saying something. Sorry. It, 
nothing against Christina Lauren and, and the amazing title there. No, I'm just saying this next one is also really great. It's Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which is a fantastic title. It's by Becky Albertalli. Awesome. And then uh, the last one that Suzanne recommends is What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvero. I think I've heard of that one. I'll have so to check it out. YA male male uh, rom coms right. recommendations, and I'll put links to all those in the show notes so people can check them out. Excellent. I am open I to f- female. I've just been reading male male, and the story idea I have is uh, male male. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you, Suzanne, for that. It's always appreciated. Mer appreciates it in particular because she's on a kick right now. Yes. Uh, so Zachary Jeffries uh, asked. My platforms are currently dedicated to writer solidarity and networking. How does one transition to more reader-focused content? I don't want all my newsletters slash posts to be boring author stuff if folks aren't interested. And uh, they also congratulate me on my book release. So thank you, Zachary, for that. So yeah, so platforms are dedicated to writer solidarity and networking between writers. And uh, Zachary wants to know how to transition to focusing more on readers. Yeah, I have the same problem. Um, even with the Patreon, I know people are, are fans of the books, but some are fans of the podcast, and I never know how podcast-focused or how book-focused to make the rewards, even though we've already established that rewards don't matter as much as we thought. Still, I, I struggle with the same thing. Um I, I the only thing I would say is is be honest and ask your the established audience you have. Yeah, that's always a good route to go. It can be get, it can be hard to get people to engage uh, up front, especially when you're newer or haven't like galvanized a large following or like an interactive following. But it's definitely good to put it out there to the people who are on your platforms about what they're looking for and what they like and what 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 they want. I do that often. I also do find that there is a, there is a lot of crossover uh, between, you know, that author reader line when it comes to authors and social platforms. You know, a lot of people who read your stuff are also aspiring or are writers to some degree. So I think so they tend to find both things very interesting, the writer focused stuff and the reader focused stuff. So there is a lot of crossover there that I think you can work with. Um, and then it just really gets into like how much like what kind of content you want to generate and how much energy you want to put to that. I mean, you look at like people have Patreons like Cameron Hurley, where uh, she writes short stories exclusively for her Patreon audience. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's as reader focused as you can get. She's literally writing fiction content and using that platform to distribute it and making money doing that. And also, you know, that's, and again, going back to the thing of Patreon, I don't believe it's a place to build an audience It's a place to galvanize and use the audience that you have. But that's just an example of something that she has made entirely reader focused and that's the thing you can do you can create that kind of content that there's no there's no confusion about what that's for that's where people want to read your stuff newsletters are a whole other segment you know it's it's you got to decide whether you're doing an update newsletter or a content newsletter or both and uh you know you have the you have your updates that are for for readers and for audiences who want to find out about your stuff and then you have your content stuff, and if that's geared more towards the author crowd, then you know that's that's who you're going to attract. So, 
I don't know. It's it's a tough one. It's it's definitely a tough one. I always say go with what you're passionate about and what you're interested in, and like the audience will tend to find you. Um, and then it just comes down to like what you're actually using. You know, I think I think newsletters in particular are very adaptable to to everything you're trying to do. And building up that direct mailing list is something I think every author should be doing because you never want to be too tethered to one platform that you don't control. You know, like Twitter or whatever. Pay even Patreon. Yeah. Because the rules can change or they can go away or, you know, the audience can leave the platform and you always want to have a direct connection to your audience. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it, that, can be, that can be a tough one. But in the end, I think honestly, the best advice is just to do the stuff that comes from you. Like, you don't ever want to force it. If what you're into is talking about being an author and talking about writing and talking about stuff that appeals to authors and writers, go with it. And, you know, you'll, you'll build a readership around that with people and that will cross over into into people getting interested in your stuff yeah if people are uh one thing i found out that surprised me um back when i was starting doing this like in i guess six and seven probably oh six was that um i talked about writing and my projects so much that when i released them people were invested emotionally because i've been talking about them so they checked them out i'm sure some of them didn't like them and did not continue to follow my fiction, but that in, that people, my audience cared about me, and they wanted to see what I'd been pouring so much effort into. And so that was a surprising way to build. So you might, you know, find a lot of crossover to start yeah, out with. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. What's uh, next? We got, uh, okay, Meg... This is this is a good one, but again, a complicated one. Uh-oh. Transitioning from a full-time writing slash editing job back to a freelancing after leaving freelancing to work full-time. Should I consider it? So Meg hasn't done this. this is, Meg is positing this situation and then asking, should I consider doing it? Uh, I.e. transitioning from a full-time writing editing job back to freelancing after leaving freelancing to work full-time. Meg says, I crave the freedom but don't want to give up the perks of working full-time. I certainly get that. Right, um, right now, I would not leave a full-time job. Nah, fuck no. No. With everything's going. No. So, actually, I guess it's not that complicated when you get down to it. Now, the thing is, um, you know, this is this is such an individualistic question, and it's so dependent on circumstances, on specifics, on, on your specific circumstances and needs. But even having said that, just with the way everything is going, I would stick with the full-time gig. Uh, but in a more in a more general way, though, seriously, like I I do not, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like I do not ascribe to that idea of living, uh, you know, uh, God, what's the expression? Close to the vest. What am I going for, Hermer? I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're saying. Are you are you saying you're hiding something? Because that's playing your cards close to your vest. It's not yeah, revealing exactly. stuff. Wrong expression. No, I'm. I'm not. I don't ascribe to the idea of authors being impoverished for no fucking. Reason. Oh, okay. Living close to the edge. Is that what I was going for? We'll I go. Think with that's that. a little better. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. Um. I really feel like you do your best work when you're as financially stable and comfortable as you can make yourself. When you have that support system, you know, when you're not worrying about your next meal or your next rent check or where you're going to sleep. You know, that's not conducive to producing your best work as a writer. 
Yeah. So, and I just patently disagree with anybody who, who, you know, espouses anything close to that kind of philosophy. So I really think, uh, you know, stick with, stick with the gig as long as it's, as long as you can find the time and the energy to like write the stuff you want to write, which is another, yeah. that's, that's where you get into the, to the other side of things, which is, you know, if you're working, <coughs> excuse me, if you're working so much and it's so draining that you can't produce any of the work that you want to do, then is it worth it? You know, that's that. And again, that's why it's such an individualistic question. But in general, I believe in having as much stability and security as you can get, as you can give yourself to do the rest of what you want to do. Yeah. I, I can see the lure. And if the world were in a better place right now, sure. But if you've got full-time job perks, hold on to those with both hands. Grow a new hand and hold on to it with that, too. Smurr's advice. Grow a new hand. Yep. That's my advice. Um, <laughs> no. And the thing is, man, even under optimal conditions, even when the world isn't in the grips of a pandemic and, you know, the nation isn't in the grips of, of complete systemic breakdown, freelancing full-time is very difficult. And I'm, and I'm not like Meg has said that they've, you know, they've done it before. So I'm sure you know this, Meg. But just in general, I'm telling people, even under optimal conditions, freelancing full time, especially as a writer, is an incredibly difficult thing to do and make enough money to sustain yourself under the best of circumstances. So these are all things you have to consider. I would stick, but like Mer said, just just right now, specifically to the times we're in, I'd stick with the full time gig, Meg. And I, you know. I'd be socking away as much gold as you can because money is just paper, but gold is eternal. Yeah. Um, now people know that I have gold. <laughs> yeah. Just don't tell. Just don't tell them where they keep it. Just don't tell them where I bury my gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how much money I have, Mur, but I know how many pounds of it I have. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's funny shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Me and my own jokes. Um, you answered this one on Twitter, but we didn't get to it on the show, so I think I'll ask it on the show. That's okay. fair. Uh, how to write the thing when events keep overtaking what you're writing. And then do you want me to read what you wrote in response on Twitter, Mark? Yeah, because I remember it sounded smart, and I can't remember what it was. Okay, so Murr said... <laughs> <laughs> I also love how your handle is Murr rhymes with fur. Well, some people need to know that. I still can't believe you fucking mispronounced your name. We're not going to get into that right now. Um, we didn't get to this one. This is your answer. I'm reading that. We didn't get to this one, so I will answer it here. Turn off the noise. Log out of social media. Turn off the radio. Ignore the news. The world will keep turning, and unfortunately, maybe burning, without you watching for a few days to get your focus on your project back. Damn, that was smart, Mur. Thank you. That's one of the reasons why I'm not on Twitter very much these days. Some of it rhymed, too. You're a poet, and you didn't know it. I knew it. You knew it. I yeah, knew absolutely. It. Totally. <laughs> uh, well, shit, your answer was so good, I really don't I don't know what else to say to that. Okay. Well, then, I, I just I... dropped that mic. Thanks for, thanks for that pass, Mur. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, oh, so... <laughs> The response to that was, it seems to be the hardest thing for me to do. And then your response to that was, I literally bought a timed lockbox. Oh, yeah. I had my switch and or phone to help my focus for a few hours. If you got to treat your brain like a six-year-old and it works, do it. So there's some more advice for you. 
Treat your brain like the toddler it is and provide it with the structure that it so desperately craves. Man, I was on fire last week. No, you really were. This was, what, August 5th? So, yeah, a couple weeks ago, you were really on it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying not now. I'm just, you know, you Well, I'm not feeling on it now because I'm like, wow, that was smart. Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) We're always more elements when we can compose our thoughts in word form. True, true. Uh, but yeah, actually, somebody asked me. I'm gonna look that up again. Somebody asked me what the lockbox I was talking about. Um, you looking at lockboxes? I am. I'm looking up the one that I bought. It's really cool. Uh, cool. Well, send me the link when you find it, so I can put it in the show notes. Is right. it? This again I'm is not a question. Why you're looking for that? This is not a question. This is more of a comment. But it's a good comment, and we deserve to feel good about ourselves, Mark. So I'm gonna read it. All right. Uh, I love how relatively rapidly new Ditch Diggers episodes are coming out recently. Thank you for the entertainment in these troubling times. You're well, welcome. You. Uh, that was from Marco. Thank you, Marco. Yeah, I appreciate it too. And and you know, it's 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 sorry to get all weepy on you, dude, but it's good for me because I get to talk to Matt, and yeah. it's yeah. it's always good for my creativity and my. Uh, you know, mental capabilities and stuff. I am very good for everyone's creativity and mental capabilities. I think we can all agree on that. No, I completely completely, uh, agree. It's good. It's good to just get out of uh, your own head too. You Mm -hmm. know, with someone, with someone who gets you, it helps, you know? Yeah. It's too rare a thing these days with the social distancing and quarantining and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And just, being fucking busy as shit, you know? So, it helps us, too. We're really just working through our own shit. And then the rest of you get any, anything from this, that's just ancillary, honestly. Yes. Bonus. It is. So, that, uh, I think that brings us up to date on the Twitters, Murph. I found it. I found what I was looking for. The lockbox? It's a, yeah, it's a kitchen safe, time-locking container. Uh, it comes in many different sizes. I bought the extra large. I can fit my Switch in there. I don't know if I've tried my iPad or not, but I think I can fit my iPad in there. Um, or you can buy, if like your problem is phone, then you can buy a tiny one and just put your phone in it. Um, it's it's really, it's just a simple, clever thing, like a, a plastic thing you put rice or pasta in to store it in your pantry, but it's got the, the top of the container has a timer, and when the timer's active, it's, it, releases two little plastic uh, arms that go through the plastic. Basically, it locks the lid. And there's no way to get into it unless you break the container. It actually says in the uh, instructions, don't break the lid. Break the container. The container's a lot cheaper to replace because it's just a plastic container. If you really need to get into that, then... Don't break the lid. But yes, there is no like back door or uh, safety key or whatever because that would negate the goal of what this thing is trying to do. So, uh, what's what's so interesting? Wait, is this one of those? Is this one of those things that you're supposed to buy to keep you from eating if you're fat? Is that the intended purpose of it? Uh, I don't see fat on the page, but uh, it is considered good for uh, food or uh, devices. Or say, remote controls or something. 
So it does it does have that in the marketing. It's not specifically targeting fat people to keep them from eating. No. I will okay. say it does have cookies as the main picture, but then as you scroll over the pictures, it shows a lot more devices. Actually, there, okay. there's muffins. And Either there's booze. Also booze. Yeah. Also booze. Yeah. I mean, okay. You get into some weird territory with that. I'm um, saying if you... You know, I, it's just I'm 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 scrolling through all the pictures of the thing, and now I get to the uh, the video of the thing, and it says, "Oh, it's very loud." Um, it shows booze and stuff. So, anyway, yeah, I, I I agree with it for the purpose for which you are using it. Yes, we'll, just, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Sure. Um, uh. I I what. What's really interesting is I bought it because I was having to, I would sit down with my cup of coffee and I would think I'm going to play this on my switch until I'm done with my coffee and then I'll start work. I never stopped playing and then hours would go by and then, and then you you get like, yeah, but I, and then of course, not only there's the lost work time, but there's the self-loathing. And I guess that goes in with overindulging on anything. But what happened was when I got it, and I knew that that I had to put it in the container, I had to put the switch in the container, and I couldn't play with it till after lunch, it left my mind. It's not like I locked it up and went, oh, crap, and, and then was continued to Jones for that dopamine hit. My brain said, oh, I really can't have it. Okay, and, and I didn't obsess about it. And it, it was just so freeing because I was worried that I would still think I want to play with the toy. But I didn't because I couldn't. No, it makes makes total sense. I think many of us can relate to that kind of uh, thought process. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. Like I said, I'll put the I'll put the link to the thing in the show notes if anybody's interested in giving that a shot. It's where, If it's working for Murr, it can work for you. That's right. So... There's that. So do we have uh, email questions? We have one email question from Philip. I was wondering if you had any advice on selling novellas, either as self-pub or to magazines publishers. What I write seems to end up at that length, and it feels like an awkward one. Not as many venues as either short stories or full novels. That is is an excellent question, and Matt can start because he's actually done it. Sold some novellas, yeah, I did. Um, but again, like most publishing stories, it's really only applicable to me and no one else. Um, but no, there are, there are more venues than there used to be yes. for publishing novellas. Tor.com publishes a bunch of them. They're all very good. Uh, there's Audible. There's Subterranean Press is doing a lot of really cool novella stuff right now. I think they just announced one by Kevin Hearn that sounded really good. Mm. Shout out to Kevin. Nice guy. Love um, Kevin. Love Kevin. He uh, shouted out my book on his uh, cocktails and books Instagram thing that he does, which is oh, really cool. Oh, awesome. He teaches you how to make drinks, and then he recommends a book. It's good stuff. Um, That'll be in the show notes, right, Matt? Yeah, no. Well, now that I've mentioned it, it cool. has to be. So, <laughs> for my own selfish purposes. And also just to give Kevin some love, because, again, he's one of the nicest guys in the whole industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there are a lot of there are a lot more venues for novellas than there used to be. I can't speak to the magazine side of things, honestly, because I haven't really submitted to a magazine in many years at this point. Uh, but I'm sure that there are options out there. 
Uh, the thing that you know you deal with is whether they're going to be open because I don't know I don't know if the person asking this is agented or has an agent or is submitting things on their own. It doesn't uh, say. Yeah, because then you get into whether um, any of these places that I'm talking about are going to be open to unsolicited submissions, and a lot of them aren't. So, but if you have if you have the means to submit them, there are a lot there are a lot more places to do that than there used to be, and some of them pay in pretty good rates. And yeah, you can do you can do a lot with that. I do know Tor.com does do some open submissions now and then, uh, or at least I have seen them do that in the past. I don't know that if they're doing that anymore. So. I would look at those kind of venues and, and find out what their submission policies are. And uh, if you're if you're unagented, if you're agented, then you know your agent could just send them out to all these places, and you're you know you're golden. But yeah, novella writing is is back more than it has ever been. So it's definitely not a waste of time. You know, commercially, it's never a waste of time to write anything if it fulfills you. But just from a commercial aspect, there's a lot you can do with a novella now that you couldn't do even five years ago. Yeah, you know? but uh, on. on- on the cautionary side, because it is longer and there are very few people releasing novellas on their own, um, it is a hard thing to sell simply because, uh, you know, magazines only have a certain amount of space, paper magazines, and the online magazines, um, well, they have a budget. Yes, there's infinite space online, but they do have a budget. So if they're paying for the word, the longer it gets, that's money they can't put towards a variety of stuff. They're putting it all towards the novella. Um, actually, I think it's easier to sell a reprint of a novella, but you got to sell the novella first in the first place. So there's the there's the chicken and egg problem. Um, yeah. I, I don't know where you are in your career, as we said, but uh, I do want to challenge you... Because I'm, I'm going to delve into craft here, Matt. Just plug your ears. A lot of people write long. And it's, it is a common thing early in your career to write long. And see if you can cut one of them down. Not, maybe not even to short story length. But if, 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 see if that might be a problem you have. Because since you said you tend to write long. If you tend to write long stories, that's one thing. But some people just put in a lot more words than they need to and could use some cutting. So if, you, if you're if you at that point in your career, take a look at your stuff. If I've just totally insulted you, forget I said it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything insulting about that. But yeah, that's another thing you can do. And, uh, you know, creatively, that is a good a good way to challenge yourself. And honestly, just from a mercenary commercial perspective, because there's nothing wrong with that. If one of your goals is doing this is to make money, if you can't sell this novella, yeah, try try whacking it down to something you can sell. There's nothing wrong with that. It may not work, but if you really like the thing and think it's good, and you feel like you can do that, give it a shot. You know, same thing with expanding it. Maybe it's something you could expand. Maybe there's the material and the ideas there to do that and make it good. So. Options. You got nothing but options. This all lives in your head. So yeah. you can do whatever the hell you want with it. That's really the bullet point of what we're talking about here. Exactly. Turn it into a comic book, turn it into a movie, turn it into a, you know, a uh, Flash animated series from the 90s. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking about that today. Just so many options. It's kind of scary. It is. And I mean, it can it can also get overwhelming. And we've also talked to people who have that problem as well. It's like, I have this idea. I don't know what to do with it. Should yeah. Should it be a novel? Should it be, you know, 
a uh, shadow play. Like, I don't know. Like, it can get really overwhelming. Eventually, you just have to pick, you have to pull the trigger on something. But it also can be a good thing in that you have a lot of options and a lot of different mediums to work with, you know, and you, uh, you should... And if, again, this is strictly, I'm not speaking creatively, I'm speaking totally from a professional commercial standpoint here, it's good to have the ability to pivot and to adapt as well, because you'll find, you know, when you go out there and do this, a lot of times, you know, if you're lucky, opportunities open up that you didn't expect in different mediums and different places, you know, and somebody might say, uh, you know, you're a good writer, and I have this thing that I'm doing, and, you know, do you have anything for that? It may not necessarily be a novel, but uh, it could be something, if you're able to pivot and adapt, you can go, yeah, no, I got this idea, I could totally fit it in, and we could do that, and, and then, you know, you open up a lot of doors that way, so. Pivoting, adapting, editing, these are all good skills to have uh, as a freelancer, and anything you're doing. Yeah. Gotta be able to pivot, Mer. That's right. Um, that is it for, uh, uh, questions. I I I kept, hold, held on to a couple of emails, and I realized I was, a lot of them were comments, and a lot of them I had already we had already already answered. Only I hadn't gotten rid of them, so I just basically cleared out everything. So if you have a question you asked Ditch Diggers and we did not answer it yet, just resend it because I'm not going to have it. Yeah, that kind of goes through the Twitter too. I think we're all cut up, but if, if I missed anything. Uh, you can resubmit it. Just make sure you use the hashtag Ditch Diggers because that's the only way I'm going to see things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So there's uh, there you go. There's all your feedback and uh, thank you for your patience and waiting for your answers. We appreciate it. We we do the best we can, folks. We really do. We do. Because we're awesome. Oh, wait, no. That doesn't sound like we're awesome. That sounds like we're just people trying to survive during a pandemic, damn it. We all are. Um but no, that worked out well, Mark. I think we're we're almost at time here. So, yeah. goddamn professionals is what we are. Yeah. So I just want to say that I know I'm late in picking things up, but I mean I bought the books, I pre-ordered the books, but I'm only now just getting to listening to the book. I bought your book three times, Matt. But you bought my book three times. Yeah, I bought two copies of the hardcover, and then I bought it on Audible because I wanted to listen to it. But you're uh. Your narrator is awesome. Lamise, yes. Lamise is very good, wonderful uh, narrator. Um, I think did a fantastic job on the audio, but I completely recommend the audiobook. Out from Simon Audio. Good yes. folks at Simon Audio. They've been good to me. They do a good job. <coughs> but yes, that's Savage Legion. Not the Savage Legion. That's what your grandparents call it. It's Savage Legion. <laughs> it's so difficult. Not to just correct people. Because, like, if somebody's talking about the book and saying nice things about it, I don't want to, like, rush in like a bull in a giant shop. Like, it's it's not the, goddammit. Yeah. Change the tweet or whatever. You no, just gotta don't do that. Go. Yeah. You just got to let it go. But, yeah, it is Savage Legion, not the Savage Legion, which was a whole conversation we had early on. Um, but, yeah, the audiobook is very good. The ebook is very all – the, all the editions are very nice. They did a really great job producing all of these things. So any way that you enjoy your books, we've got you covered. That's right. They're not available everywhere yet, not the whole world. You know, there are places where you can't get the audiobook, places where you can't get the ebook. But they'll get there, folks. They'll get there. It's John Wan's selling those foreign rights. Oh, we're yeah. There, we're out there uh, shaking it for the tips. So just, just hang on, and we'll, we'll hook you up eventually. But yeah. thank you, Mark, for buying so many editions of my book. You didn't need to do that. Well, there's like supporting you and they're supporting the friendly local 
bookstore, and then there's, well, I really like to listen to books, so, you know. And thank you for ordering locally. I really encourage everybody to do that. Indeed. Head up your uh, local independent bookstores. Shop uh, bookshop.org. They're really good for that. If you're ordering online, but you want to order local and independent, it's a good way to do it. Or if, you know, you have a book show you frequent, just call them, and they'll hook you up. You call, uh, you call Steve down at the local bookshop, and you're just like, I want Savage Legion, and Steve will hook you up. It's not always Steve. Sometimes it's Dave or Carol, you know, yeah. whatever. Whatever their name is, they're down there. They're waiting. Yeah, yeah they're just waiting. Uh <laughs> Uh, if you want to see these show notes, they're at merverse.com. If you want to support the Patreon, it is patreon.com slash mightymer. And um, if you want to see me on Twitter, it's slash mightymer. And if you want to see me on Twitch, it's slash mightymer. I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at uh, noon 30, Eastern Daylight Time, and I play games on Thursday nights. You're just, you've become a multimedia maven, Mark. I You're am. Everywhere. Ma I'm mavening all over this bitch. You are. You absolutely are. Like you're, you know, like you're laying with a lumberjack uh, body pillow. Just mavening right. all over the place. Lumberjack body pillow. It's a new segment that we're we're playing with called mavening all over the place. Yeah. See? I kept it going all the way to the end. You did? I well did. done. I repeated the bed three times. That makes it a thing, you know? It's funny if you do something once, but it's really funny if you do it three times. Yeah. Four times too much. Four times is too much, yeah. That's, I mean, I didn't even think I needed to say that. I felt it was implied, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you want to give your, your information. <laughs> yes, I'm on, uh, I'm on the Twitters of Matt Evan Wallace, uh, YouTube, Angry Writer, putting up a new vlog today of me going to visit my book in an actual store in Burr. I did a little vlog. That's awesome. Went down to the Barnes & Noble, masked up, of course, you know, trying to trying to be responsible, but I just had to see it on an actual shelf while it was still new too because it's in the front of the store right now because it's new right? awesome but five seconds from now when it's not new anymore they're gonna shit can it in the back with all the other genre books yeah so it's a, it's a short window you have there to go see your book treated all shiny and new in a big chain bookstore so i would naked to do that we shot a little vlog it'll be on my youtube channel angry writer go check that out subscribe uh, website matt-wallace.com recently relaunched looking all snazzy and everything go check awesome. that out and uh, my debut on a fantasy novel Savage Legion is out right now first in the Savage Rebellion series next one's coming at you next year in the summer so make sure you're caught up go check that out wherever you buy your books however you imbibe your books audiobook, ebook, hardcover hardcover's beautiful, it's really shiny oh yeah, it's do. very beautiful you don't have to be like Murr and buy like nine copies, but if you want to pick up one, that would that would be great. Thank you. And do please remember to review and rate it as well when you read it. That really helps. Review it like on Amazon, Goodreads, all that jazz. It's very helpful. You can take a minute to do that. I really appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Those are all the things, Murr. Those are all the hats. I think those the... are all the hats. So it's time uh, to snuggle down with your unicorn that is a bear with a horn. And... Um, nap time matt yep nap time with uh, the many horned creatures yes. that i sleep with because they're not all horses uh i am gonna have to make room for my lumberjack body pillow but we'll figure it out may have to buy a bigger bed it'll be worth it yes indeed lumberjack body pillow you need to put up a angry writer video that just says lumberjack body pillow i should in fact all of my videos from now on on youtube are going to be titled lumberjack body pillow yes awesome <laughs> 
You can support us at patreon.com slash mightymur. Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice, devospice.com.